is a symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey now, welcome to the 24-inch podcast. It is the day after WrestleMania 37. I'm in Buffalo, New York. My name is Steve Bennett. And down in New Jersey with Governor Murphy, the main man over there. Sopranos Town, USA. The one and only Hollywood, Dave Rollins. What's up, Dave? Hollywood in the house. What's up, my friend Steve Bennett? I haven't talked to you in a little while here. What's going on, man? Yeah, feels like it's been a minute. Feels like it's been a minute, but we knew this would be the tough, the tough week with Paula being on break and Easter and all that. And then as we were getting later in the week, we said maybe we should just let Mania pass so that we can kind of react, especially with Hulk being involved. Yeah, I think it calls for a better show post Mania than right, right, right before pre Mania. You know what I'm saying? But it's a perfect day, too. It's a really rainy, cold Monday for April showers here in uh, Sopranos Town, Kearney, New Jersey. How's it going over there in Buffalo? Same thing. Shitty weather here, cold and rainy. Uh, We actually had a nice week and a half, though. Really good weather. Took Paula down to Niagara Falls, her first visit to Niagara Falls. I think it had been the first time. It's the first time I had been there since Nick Walenda walked across it, whenever that was. But years, when, okay. it's one of those things when you live here, you don't go often. Remember one of the old Three Stooges short, anytime they said Niagara Falls, they would get beat up because something happened crazy there. So that's what I always think when I think of Niagara Falls. But did you go down in the barrel or anything wild like that? Considered it. <laughs> Considered it. We were, telling, they- we were telling Paula about that. She's like, they go down in a what? <laughs> Crazy, crazy, man. I'm, well, I'm happy you got that. You got that in. Had so, a great time. I'm going to be honest. I did not watch WrestleMania, not one second. And I did look over the results, and there isn't a single thing that I'm interested in going back to. Dave, you did watch this. Tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I'm maybe partially wrong. I mean, uh, I always 
watch WrestleMania. You know, each year by year, it starts getting a little, little less interesting for me. Um, I'm more of a casual fan of the current product, if anything, and a super fan, super duper duper fan of the '80s and you know, the '90s. But um, you know, Hulk was a host, so I mean, anything he's involved with, if he's back for a Legends Night, if he's hosting in Saudi Arabia, doing this, doing that, I have to, I have to watch it. Just like when your favorite rock band is playing in 90 minutes away, but you saw them three times already that week, you still got to go. Yeah, I, I know you can relate to that. So it's, that's kind of the reason why. Um, you know, the, seeing the fans back was was kind of cool and everything. They had that delay with the rain delay, kind of made it a little more exciting. Like, kind of like I don't know, like on the edge of your seat a little bit. What's going to happen here in rain delay? Never happened before, you know, because everything is usually the same in wrestling in the past 20 years. And, um, you know, the car was you know, was pretty good. You know, I like seeing Hulk and a couple of skits he did. You know, nothing really too memorable. Um, I noticed some controversy, of course, because it's Hulk Hogan that we'll get into in a second. I enjoyed the main event the first night with the um, Sasha Banks and uh, Bianca Belair. I thought that was a good wrestling match. Nothing else stands out really on that card, but I was kind of in the mood for WrestleMania that day. I think if it continued to 2 in the morning, I would have been more into it than turning it back on the next day. I was kind of out of the mood by then, and nothing. The next day I was looking at my phone and drinking wine and, you know, wasn't really too into it uh, on night two. But the uh, Roman Reigns, Edge, and uh, Dan O'Brien was, was another good match. But those two matches, you know, main event of night one, night two, only things that stand out for me in three weeks. Three weeks, we're going to probably forget forgot what happened. Confuse them with the last past six WrestleManias. Just my opinion. Hey, if if you like that stuff and it's for you, great. But uh, just you know, not really my cup of tea anymore. Steve. Yeah, I think I'm still not going to watch it. It's a good try, but didn't, <laughs> didn't convince me in any way. No. There's nothing for me there, and that's fine. There doesn't need to be. You know, I'm not the kind of uh, fan that feels like they need to do what's best for me. There's plenty of what I love out there. So I can fill my wrestling minutes with enjoyment all the time and never have to worry about what I don't enjoy. And that's why I walked away again when I did. I tried when the network debuted to come back for a bit. I did enjoy John Cena uh, very much during that time. The problem was I noticed more what I didn't like versus what I did, and it didn't make any sense to me Oh, for sure. To waste that, that time watching something I don't like. So yeah, I'm cool with not watching it. Now let's talk about Hulk for a minute because I feel this is the one bad thing about Hulk being out there hosting. They had the ultimate Hulk hosting moment already with Rock and Austin at WrestleMania 30, right? You're never going to do anything quite as iconic or quite as interesting uh, or quite as great like that ever again. So... For me, and probably for most people, it's like, well, I've seen Hulk do this already, and it was better that other time. And then, of course, he's done it even another time since then. Uh, and now people focus on trolling and, you know, oh, sure. people, people are booing. Uh, look at this video. There's four guys booing in it. And <laughs> it had me remembering um, the podcast I was on recently with Justin and Scott the place to be nation. And we were talking about the Ric Flair match and there were some people cheering against Hulk in that. And I remember in one of the questions we got, you know, someone kind of put like, Oh, look at the crowds against Hulk here already at this point. And it's like, no, you know, 
Ric Flair is a following, and his following was cheering for Ric Flair. It's not an indictment on Hulk. You know, exactly. and I think that there's some similarities. It's different, but I think that there's a group of people, we'll call them the Flair fans, that just hate Hulk. You know, and it doesn't have anything to do with anything but that. And they're going to react the way they're going to react, and they did. But that doesn't mean that the other 90% of the crowd wasn't enthusiastic to see him and didn't love it and didn't love Real American. The second night, you put him in a pirate outfit looking <laughs> ridiculous. No song to, to pop off of. You know, it's like putting him in a bad spot. And I think they put him in a bad spot anyway, just pairing him uh, with Titus the way they did. They draw negative attention to the one negative thing in his past. So I hear you. to me, it was an all-around loser right from the get-go. Um, I'm glad I missed it. Any thoughts uh, on the Hulk controversy, if you want to call it that? Sure. Well, I, I was watching it. You know, it was my mom's fifty, my mom and dad's fifty-fifth uh, wedding anniversary. And I was with them. Uh, you could play Peacock anywhere. You know what I mean? So we had it on, and they wanted to see Hulk come out. So at the, the beginning, you know, they had the rain delay. Uh, you know, they saw him come out and everything. You know, I guess we were talking a little bit. Nobody heard anything of a boo or anything like that. But I did go back and listen to it after seeing the. The cell phone video, which that that doesn't matter, you know what I mean? They, they could, if there's cell phones in 1987, you're gonna find people cheering for Andre the Giant. You know what I mean? If you want that to happen, but um, you know, this is the one thing you really got to keep in mind. I'm not saying nobody was booing Hogan, first of all, of course there were, but any reaction from any wrestler these two nights, you can't go by it. You got to take it with a grain of salt. You have an outdoor stadium. That holds 80,000 people with 25,000 spread out all over the place, not together because of COVID. Any reaction is going to be crazy. It's going to sound crazy. So people are looking for Hogan, for booze for Hogan. Plus Titus O'Neil's catchphrase is whom, who, who. People yelling that back at him when he's done talking, bounces off and it'll come into when Hogan's talking. Again, there is some Hogan hate out there. Sure. The guys like, you know, Elvis and the Beatles, the top echelon. They have haters. That's just the, that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, yeah, and it wasn't doing any, him any favors with uh, that controversy. But if you hated Hulk already, now you have a reason to with that controversy from, you know, several, six, seven years ago. And you're not going to let that go. I don't know any person that liked Hulk before that that doesn't like him now of any, of any race. You know, I know a lot of different uh, people, races that are Hulk Hogan fans. And uh, no, you know, everybody else, everybody else forgave him unless you already did not like him. And uh, yeah, I mean, when you have to go listen for booze, like, listen, right here, here's a boo. I mean, come on. That it, then it really it's almost like if you ain't got a picture of it, it didn't happen like one of those deals. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. And, you know, what do you expect? It's a sad thing, I think, that that is one of the biggest stories coming out of your biggest yeah. show. You know, yeah. Where's this? Yeah, I, I failed to mention all, all those articles are clickbait. Even at WrestleMania 35, two years ago, he came out and opened the show. I was there. The place went insane. It was a surprise appearance. And I was still in the stadium seeing, looking at my, you know, my iPhone, seeing these clickbaits, Hulk Hogan booed in MetLife Stadium. I'm like, dude, I'm here. <laughs> you know? And then another thing, one more thing, I want to get off the subject too, because we're wasting too much time. But another thing is there were more, I got a, somebody was at, uh, Raymond James Stadium last night, a friend of mine from Jersey, more Hulkamania shirts than anything there. 
Hogan's Beach Shop in Clearwater Beach had a, on Friday afternoon had a line going around the building three times for $150 autographs for him. Hey, maybe that's why they booed him <laughs> to that. They're spending all their money. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, the guy has a lot, a lot of fans. Cancel culture tried with him, and it didn't work because he's, he's too loved. And, uh, you know, he's still here. He's going to have he's going to have his haters. You know what I mean? We just got to ignore it. One last quick note on the current product. So through my other podcasts, the sportscasters, I've made friends over the years with sportscasters, uh, maybe most famously Joe Buck, Kenny Albert, a bunch of guys, Jeff Passan, Jeff Perlman, uh, guys that if you like sports and you, you follow sports media, you know these guys. Even Dave, I think, knows Joe Buck, right? Sure do. And one of the guys that I've been friendly with the last couple of years is a guy named Adnan Verk. Uh, he's a big movies guy, a huge Sopranos fan. Uh, he does a podcast with a guy named Michael Lombardi called the GM Shuffle. Michael Lombardi is also another guy that I know pretty well. Uh, and he's been on the sportscasters a couple times, and he holds the distinction of being the very first person I ever interviewed on the sportscasters and lost the interview. And I had to go back to him and say, what I recorded didn't record. So that sucks, you know, and he did it again. He didn't have to do it again, but he did. We kind of came friends and he's been on a few times and I'll text him once in a while, a Sopranos quote or whatever, or he'll text me one. Um, and I woke up today to find out that he is now the voice of raw. Wow. Uh, he is going to be the play by play man on raw. He's starting tonight, I guess. Uh, and it, certainly disappointing that I'm not a fan uh, because it would be pretty nice to be able to text with the guy uh, sitting uh, sitting behind the um, the uh, the desk there at Raw. Now, here's an interesting thing. He kind of became popular because he got fired by ESPN. Um, they kind of singled him out and said that they fired him for leaking a piece of information to a website called Awful Announcing. Um, and it felt like a railroading. wasn't fair. People leak information from ESPN to Awful Announcing all the time. Why they decided to fire Adnan, I'm not sure. But I just wonder if he's the kind of guy that can work for Vince McMahon. I just wonder. He He's a he's a guy who's who's come along in the business. He works a lot. He's got a bunch of different jobs. You know, he's got the podcast I said with Michael Lombardi. He's got another movie podcast that's super popular, and he just signed uh, to to move that podcast with John Skipper, the former head of ESPN, uh, to his new platform. He also works for MLB.com or the MLB Network. He's done some stuff for the NHL Network. He's done some stuff for DAZN. So he's got a lot of jobs. I don't know that this is a match made in heaven and that this will last. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. You know, it's well documented that they're in your ear constantly. When you're broadcasting an episode of Raw. Um, and I just wonder if he can survive that or not. It'll be interesting uh, to find out. Yeah, I, I, that's quite the resume too. And quite the coincidence that you do a wrestling podcast. And here's one of your guys, your early interviews. That's now on the biggest show you know, in wrestling right now. So uh, pretty cool there. And uh, the guy's name is escaping me. But they had another guy come in from sports that used to be a football player. And he, he messed up all the lines. Then they even made him the general manager. His name is escaping me, but all the marks make fun of him. I think he has dementia now, the poor guy. The oh, heck no. is his name? When yeah, was this? It was a big, he said Jeff Harvey. When was this? 15 years ago. 15, 15 years, years ago or ago. so. 
I, I know the guy. I know the name very well. It's just I'm having a brain fart right now. But similar thing happened with him. It just, uh, it just wasn't for him. He messed up a lot of lines. But of course, you know, the, the replica belt wearing wrestling fans that boo Hogan are the same ones that, you know, they wouldn't accept this guy. And so they made him the general manager of, uh, of Raw to get, to get a lot of heat. It was in like 2008, 2009. I, you would know it. it just, I just can't remember his name right now. And then also Mick Foley couldn't handle they made him color commentary around that time, and he couldn't handle the um, Mike Adamley is his name. Okay, Mike Adamley, Mike Adamley. Okay, gotcha. And uh, then Mick Foley also couldn't handle the banter into his uh, into his headset. Or I thought he would have made a great color commentary, color commentary. So I hope this. I wish uh, Adnan uh, luckier. It'll be interesting. He does good and is around as long as Iron Michael Cole. We'll see. On the twenty-four inch podcast today. Episode 10, we've done 10 of these now, and it's a special one. We're going to look at WrestleMania 18 from the Sky Dome in Toronto and the legendary Hulk Hogan match versus The Rock. It's our first dip of the toes into this era. It's the first time with the black and white Hulk Hogan uh, as opposed to the red and yellow. And um, I got some interesting thoughts on this. Uh, I'm excited to do it. And, uh, you know, first of all, I'm excited that we made it 10 shows. I think we probably thought we'd be about five shows deep now, something like that. But when we got rolling in December and decided let's do this, we just kind of kind of hit the gas. And this is the first time we slowed down even a little bit. And that's just a couple days late. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, we're going to do WrestleMania 10 or excuse me, 18 episode 10. We're going to do the play-by-play of Hulk and Rock. We're going to rate all the matches from the card. We're going to read the news uh, from March of 2002, which would be really interesting to hit the news on uh, this side of the millennium. Yeah, different feel for sure. Yeah, different feel. And, of course, later we'll read your emails. We'll talk about episode 11. Uh, A full show here and an exciting one. Anything you want to add before our first break, Dave? Uh, That's about it. Looking forward to it. Let's do it, Paisan. All right, we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the 24-Inch Podcast. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters, 10 Years in the Making. You can find it on Twitter, at sports underscore caster, or download episodes wherever you found this podcast. You can find the 24-Inch Podcast on Twitter as well. We're at the number two, the number four, the word inch podcast, at 24-Inch Podcast. Email us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about our friend Peter Winson and greeting from Allentown. It's at GF Allentown Pod. Twenty-four inch podcast is back. Episode number ten. We're looking at WrestleMania eighteen, and almost more than you know. Sometimes I always feel this way, man. This guy doesn't need any introduction, but certainly today. It almost feels a little bit silly uh, to introduce the audience to The Rock, right? Dwayne Douglas Johnson, born May 2nd, 1972. And he's also known by his ring name, The Rock. You don't say. (laughs) Uh, He was born, of course, to 
Rocky Johnson. His father, the soul man who passed away uh, this year, of course. And his grandfather was Peter Maivia, the high chief. Uh, so born into a wrestling family. Um, and uh, he was born in Haywood, California. Atta Johnson um, is his mother. And uh, he grew up uh, all over the place, right? The, the life of the son of a wrestler. Uh, as his dad went from territory to territory, uh, Rocky moved from territory to territory. His his childhood is being immortalized on a TV show on NBC called Young Rock. You can tune in there and 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 watch that. Uh, it's kind of void on laughs, in my opinion, but it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun hearing the jargon and seeing the depictions of the wrestlers, you know, on network TV at eight o'clock on a Tuesday. Uh, there's something ch- charming about it, but it's yeah, not. You gotta funny. watch it with a with an open mind. You can't yeah. be like, this didn't happen then. That didn't happen. Then. No, now, yeah, you can't do that. You can't. You do gotta that. turn your mind off yeah. all that shit. But it's all right. Yeah, uh, he was also a, before a promising wrestler, a promising football prospect, and he received many Division One collegiate offers before getting a full scholarship to the University of Miami, the U. Uh, and in 1990. Uh, when he enrolled, there was no bigger than Miami. Miami. I mean, this was the program equivalent to getting a full ride to Alabama today. Uh, and he won a national championship uh, at Miami in his second season there in 1991. He played with people like Warren Sapp, uh, who is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, Russell Maryland, who was the first overall pick to the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL draft. These were the kinds of guys uh, that Rocky was with. He graduated in 1995 with a Bachelor of General Studies in Criminology and Physiology, and then he signed with the Canadian Football League's Calgary Stampeders uh, as a linebacker, but he was assigned to the practice roster and cut two months into the season, uh, and that was kind of it for his, his football career. Uh, legend goes that Dewey, as he was known in the locker rooms, uh, reached out to Pat Patterson, and Pat Patterson got him tryout matches. There's the famous story about him meeting with Jim Ross, uh, having $8 to his name, but wanting to pay for the lunch. I don't know where they were, maybe McDonald's. Um, uh, but eventually he's hired, and in 1996 makes his debut. Uh, at Madison Square Garden, at the Survivor Series, I think is his first time there. Yeah, I was there live for that one. You were there, huh? I was there the first time The Rock won uh, the WWF Championship, which was at Deadly Games. Beautiful. So I was there for that, uh, a big moment in his career. But, you know, I think, like I said, if there's anyone who, who doesn't need a big introduction, it's The Rock, right? Uh, for one, they're probably doing a better job than I would on Young Rock covering his childhood. Uh, and look at, we're all wrestling fans here. We know the rock, but I wanted to kind of try to put into perspective how big of a deal it is to be a scholarship player at the university of Miami in 1990. You know, I mean that, 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 that kind of, I mean, like, look at the guys on his team are pro football hall of famers. They are, you know, first overall picks. And I'm sure in Rocky's mind, and I think he's talked about this, that he was destined for the NFL. Uh, and it didn't work out. I know he injured his shoulder the first year he was there doing the Oklahoma drill. 
uh, and it never quite hit to that level. Uh, but certainly being there, uh, playing under Coach O, who just won the national championship with LSU, uh, was big for him. So I wanted to mention that. Anything else about the bio of the rock that you want to mention? Uh, it just reminds me that Miami, when Miami Hurricanes in like the early 90s, reminds me everybody running around with those pullover starter jackets on, right? Yep. I picture it in my head. That's the first thing I pictured in my head when you said that. Yeah, they were one of the big <laughs> ones, uh, Miami or the Charlotte Hornets. Did you have a starter jacket? I did. I did. I had uh, the Giants. Uh, funny story, actually. I had an Apex one first, and everyone was trying to say, you know, kids in school, oh, it's, it's cheap or it's something. Like, no, it was that, that was like top of the line, too, but it was like the other, like the Coke and Pepsi. So then finally sure. I got a Giants, a Giants one, and I'll never forget, forget they, uh, the girl in the store. I remember it's in a Willowbrook Mall in Wayne, New Jersey. The girl in the store forgot to take that plastic thing off with the ink on it. And it looked, you know, but I paid for it or whoever I was with, my uncle, father, whoever paid for it. But I had to walk around with that thing on it for a while to go back and ball for them to remove it. That's so funny. it just sticks out in my mind, yeah. Yeah, my very first starter jacket. So I got set up kind of by my mom and my stepfather here. So it was like, oh, you're going to get a starter jacket. But the only day we can go buy it is when you're in school. So give us a list of the ones you want. And we'll get one off your list as best we can. And I basically gave him 40 different jackets and said, the only one I don't want is a Bills one. I won't wear a Bills one. <laughs> I hope I know where the story's going to go now. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they came home with a Bills one. So I said, I won't wear it. And they said, well, then you can't have a starter jacket. And I said, fine. And then. Was that the only one they had, maybe? No, they were trying to force me into wearing a Bills starter jacket. I've become a fan. Yeah, okay. they were being cunts. No, there, there, no, there was no good intention there at all. My stepfather knew what he was doing. This is a Bill's house. One of those deals. Whatever. And that ship had long sailed. Um, yeah. And then eventually um, my, fa- my father took me and got me a Saints one. Uh, and I had that one for years and years and years. Or for years. And then when I was at the Superdome last year, they had one and I almost bought it. Um, but people, I hate coaches, wearing people still jackets wear that heavy now. Uh, now they're like a throwback appeal. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, they got the nostalgia feel to them now. Yeah, I've been pretty much since I was like 19, 20, I wear like a leather jacket in the in the wintertime. Yeah, I have a North uh, Face I wear. And like, it's just too heavy of a jacket for me now. I am not that cold anymore. I don't wait at the butt stop anymore, you know? Yeah, if you're going to be outside for like a long period of time, maybe something like that. Yeah. I'm I, when it's when it's snowing out, I have a, like a North Face type thing as well, North Face deal. But uh, usually, I just wear like you know a leather jacket, trying to be a little Rocky Balboa over here, you know. <laughs> All right, one thing that we did on the last show, which we had a lot of fun doing, we're going to continue now, is we talked about the venues of the WrestleManias, and we did one through eight. So today we'll do eight through eighteen. I guess technically eight through seventeen because we already had the venue of eighteen. Uh, but let's start with WrestleMania 9. Uh was in Las Vegas, Nevada at Caesars Palace. Now, this is a tricky thing, right? Is it there? Is it not there? Well, Caesars Palace is still there. And a security guard there a few years ago took me to where they had WrestleMania. But there's awesome. but there's no like arena there. Like it's a parking this, lot. Right? right. This is something they kind of put together on the fly. You know what I mean? So there's no there's no bleachers you can go sit in or anything like that. But the obviously Caesar's Palace is still on the Las Vegas Strip. And um 
I mean, this is as unique of a venue as the event's ever been at, really. Ever. So, kind of cool. I It's not my favorite Mania. It's maybe my least favorite from 1 to 10. Uh, but I've liked it more and more the last couple times I've watched it, for whatever reason. But, I mean, if I have to watch... Someone said, rank the WrestleManias 1 through 10 in order you would watch them. This would probably be 10. I mean, this is the most interesting for, for this topic, us doing the arenas. This one makes is the most important, I think, because this WrestleMania is lacking in a, in a lot of spaces. But we're covering, we're covering venues. We're not ca- covering the cards. I think the venue and the different look and the atmosphere. It's the star of the night. Me, yeah, it's the star it's of the, the night. Star, and it makes me like it. It makes it a little more rewatchable for me than if it was just in, you know, the Nassau Coliseum or something. It, it really, it, it grabs you. And uh, they need more, more of that. They need more different. And, and, and that's, why, that's why I would have it, like, way ahead of WrestleMania 11, for example. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'd much rather watch 9 than 11. And that's probably why, because it's so unique and, you know, Bobby's on a llama kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, I do like the WWF uh, first half of 93. A lot of people don't like it. I do like it. When they first started doing Raw, it was very, like, Memphis TV kind of WWF in that way. Every Not everybody, but a lot of the guys were still around. You know, Mean Gene and Bobby were still there. Gorilla was still a big part of it. So uh, I like, I like uh, I would say, the 93 as a whole until Bobby left the Survivor Series is when things started really changing. So well, uh, I do like WrestleMania 9, but even though it had the great atmosphere, it still lacked the cards, for sure, of a WrestleMania. But WrestleMania 10 was, of course, back to the world's most famous sports arena, Madison Square Garden. Uh, no need to really belabor that point much. WrestleMania 11, the before-mentioned, ooh, kind of a down point for the company, is they have it at Hartford, Connecticut. At uh, the XL Energy Center, I believe it's called now. At the time, the Harvick Civic Center. And uh, I have been there two times uh, for Pearl Jam concerts. One in 2009 and one in 2013. And uh, for whatever reason, when Pearl Jam walks into the XL Center. I don't know. Maybe put the word energy in there. It's just XL Center. uh, They feel the urge to play Ain't Talking About Love by Van Halen. Uh, so I've seen them cover that twice. The first time I remember Eddie Vedder said it's OT, OT, OTO, one time, one time, one time only. And then in 2013, it became two times, two times, two times only. Cool. Uh, the venue itself, uh, it, like I said, it's still there uh, for concerts. It's updated. It was famous back in the day for um, hosting the the Hartford Whalers and um, the Hartford Wolfpack, the Yukon Huskies uh, played there. Uh, What else is there? Boston Celtics um, played some games there Mm. Uh, back, back in the day, as they say. Um, so a really yeah. a really cool arena. It was built in 1975, 10,507 for hockey at the time. Uh, it hosted the Hartford Whalers from January 11th, 1975 to 1997. Uh, we called it the mall, or it was called the mall because it was connected to a mall, um, which was kind of unique about it. I always wanted to go there when I was a kid to see a Sabres and Whalers game so you know I could go to the mall. Uh, that sounded really cool to me. 
Um, the roof collapsed at one point. They had to fix the roof, uh, put some more seats in. It was re- re- reopened in January 1980. Uh, like I said, they lost the Whalers in 97, which was the main tenant. They really got kind of screwed over by uh, the owner at the time. Kind of railroaded them, took the team to Carolina, uh, which sucks. And then in 2010, uh, they put about $40 million into it, renovated it. It's not a bad place to see a concert. Like I said, I've seen Pearl Jam there twice. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it about this place. Have you, you ever been there? Probably not, right? Sure. No, I have. Um, oh, you have? Track and, yeah, tracking back to wrestling. I've kind of been to both of these. Tracking back WrestleMania 10. I was there at the Garden. Great show. What can I say? We'll, I don't need to say anything about that. I was there. Great. One of the greatest cards ever. WrestleMania 11, I was kind of there in Hartford. I did the, uh, I guess they, my uncle gave me the ultimatum, either the Fan Festival or the WrestleMania. At the point at the WWF, it was the time we just went to the Fan Festival on the Saturday in 95 because we had such a great time the year before at the Garden, you know, the Fan Festival of WrestleMania 10 that we returned in Hartford then just watched the show on pay-per-view the next day. But um, it's quite a ride. It's like a two-and-a-half-hour, maybe th- over three-and-a-half-hour ride. But uh, then I returned to the Hartford Civic Center in 05, and I was a pretty wild 25-year-old to see Motley Crue over there. And, uh, you know, the security, we weren't really doing anything wrong. But the security guard, you know, the girl comes up, you know, get out of here or whatever, leave. We're probably, in, you know, running around doing something crazy in the seats. And as I come back with a real cop, comes back with another security guard, supervisor, come back with a real cop. Finally, the concert's like almost over. They finally come back with a real cop. And we got, you know, we had to leave. (laughs) No home sweet home for you that night? No home sweet home? Uh, The home sweet home was in the middle. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, we missed um, Helter Skelter and Anarchy in the UK, I believe. Just the covers. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I saw them the next night, two nights later at the Garden, the next night in Philly. It was, you know, the big... uh, reunion carnival sin store but uh yeah that's my heart for civic center and of course our uh we just covered uh mr wonderful on the show the big uh yes. cage match with hulk was was there as well amazing 1990 survivor series uh 2000 no way out 2004 vengeance and 2019 money in the bank yes yes that's right 90 survivor series it was exciting steve exciting all right 12 was in Anaheim, California, the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim. Um, This is the home of uh, the Mighty Ducks. Uh, Just outside of L.A. in Anaheim. It's now called the Honda Center. Uh, What about this place? Let's see. What does it hold? 17,174 for hockey. Uh, 18,900 for concerts. It opened in June 19, 1993 with a Barry Manilow concert. Oof. Imagine that being your first event. Uh, to- he makes the music that the, what's his, his motto? The no. music that the world no belongs to. I Two, believe that's it. 2003 and 2007 Stanley Cup Finals. Um, many UFC events, including UFC 59 in 2006. Uh, it served as a second home for the NBA's L.A. Clippers from 1994 to 1999. Uh, Arena League Football, Roller Hockey International. Oh, what else? The Big West Conference Tournaments. Uh, the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament has been there seven times. 
98, 01, 11, 14, 16, and 19. And it hosted the Frozen Four uh, in 1999, which was big for for college hockey to, to spread out west like that. December 6, 2000, Tina Turner played her last concert at the arena for the record-breaking 24-7 tour. But after, after popular demand, Tina returned triumphantly in 2008 for her Tina, Tina Returner 50th anniversary tour. Whew. Did they call it Tina Returner? No, but they missed an opportunity there. Big time. Let's see. Other notable events. Let's see who played concerts there. I like this. This is fun. Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, no Doubt, who's from there, played there. Uh, Janet Jackson, TLC, Santana, Britney Spears, Mariah Carey, Jonas Brothers, U2, Depeche Mode, J-Lo in her big butt, mm. Maroon 5, 21 Pilots. Man, lots of jabroni concerts as far as I'm concerned. Fallout Boy. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's rough. Not for me. That's a rough era for me. Yeah. Crew played there. Uh, I think it was the second place they they uh, played before the Staples Center final tour before they made their returner. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's the pond. WrestleMania 13, it's another returning venue. Of course, WrestleMania 2 is there as well, the Rosemont Horizon. There's no reason to spend much time on that. WrestleMania 14, Boston, Massachusetts, the Fleet Center. Uh, my co-host for the Adams Division podcast, Peter Winston, was in attendance. Uh, and, of course, this is the arena where the Celtics and the Bruins play. Uh, now, it was uh, originally the Fleet Center, uh, and now it's called the TD Garden, uh, or the Garden uh, is what they call it uh, in Boston. Uh, people loyal to the real Garden uh, would never call this place the Garden, though. Uh, but it is the home of the Bruins, and it is the home of the Celtics. And I did see Pearl Jam there in 2004. It's also the home of the annual Beanpot College Hockey Tournament, two Mondays in February. Uh, those games are played. Of course, it's host the NCAA Division I Basketball Tournament, men's and women's. Uh, the Frozen Four has been there as well. Um, last was there, I believe, in 2015, uh, oh, Jack Eichel's year. Uh, it opened on September 29th, 1995. Uh, let's see. The first concert there was Walt Disney's World on Ice, including Nancy Kerrigan. I Paul wonder if I would have got thrown out of that one. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. It was Fleet Center for a while. It's been renovated already. It's notorious for having the seats be very close together, be a very uncomfortable arena. Um, I think the old the, the wrestlers say the old Boston Garden was like that, too. Yeah, REM was the first concert concert there on October 3rd, 1995. Also in 95, Page and Plant played there. Nice. Yeah, there's a pretty cool page, actually, for like a list of concerts. Yeah, that's what I'm throwing that it was uh, the venue for Hulk Hogan's very last WWF match against Randy Orton, SummerSlam 2006. Very cool. Yeah. Classic building, still there. Easy to get to. Easy to see an event there. Uh, another pretty easy venue uh, for WrestleMania, what would this be, 15, the Fleet Center. It's now the first Union Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's now called the Wells Fargo Center. 
Man, all it's these cor- names, corporate though. places, they just change their name, change yeah. their name. The cool thing about Philadelphia is all their sports venues are in the same spot off the highway. Yeah, I, of course. You know, I'm not too. I'm like an hour drive from there. I yeah. a lot of shows. It wasn't it cool at the time. I know you Pearl Jam at the Spectrum. Yep, they I was there. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure you were. Uh, they still had the Spectrum was still there for a long time while yep. this new arena was there. It was wild. Like, all, all three different things going on. One in the stadium, then you got the Philly Stadium, the Eagle Stadiums, like arenas and stadiums everywhere. Yeah, it was so, there uh, for a long time, actually, because this one opened in 96. And Pearl Jam didn't close the Spectrum until 2009. So always, always great tailgates. The girls are wild over there. A lot of fun. Yeah, did I did well? <laughs> it's just so cool how they're all right there, or whatever. Yeah. When I actually a very cool thing when I was at Pearl Jam there in 2009, they were hosting the World Series right there. Oh, okay. So the Yankee, yeah. the Yankees and Phillies World Series was going on. The Yankees won that year. Yeah, and the Yankees won that year. So crazy. That doesn't make it so much more fun, memorable. Like you know, something's going on like that. Oh, it was wild. Like we were on the little yeah. train ride to get down to the arena from the hotel, and everyone was, you know, half the train was for the World Series, half was for Pearl Jam. Sure. You know, Yankees fans, Phillies fans, whatever. It's pretty cool. You know, believe it or not, I'm five miles from Madison Square Garden where I live. But let's say, like, if it's a work night, you know, Tuesday night, and a concert sometimes is easier for me just to hop on a turnpike and drive an hour, 20 minutes to Philly than getting into New York City. I believe that. Crazy how that yeah. works. Yeah. So sometimes, like, let's just go to, depending on the day of the week, you know, let's just go to Philly, you know? So, so I've been there plenty, both arenas plenty of times. So there's three artists who have banners in the in the roof, in the in the rafters here. You want to try to guess the three three? Uh, artists, musicians. Yep. Okay. Oh uh, boy. Oh man. Who the heck's from Philly? I know there's plenty of people. Okay, so I'm gonna well, tell Pearl you right Jam, now, none of them are it? from Philly. Uh, uh, okay. Okay, so it, Pearl Jam is one. They have the most recent banner. Uh, was raised there in 2016, I believe. Um, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen is there as well, and Billy and Joel. Bon Jovi. Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Billy Joel set a record when he sold out his 18th Wachovia Center concert in 2006. Whew. Yeah, it's, it's so close to South, basically South Jersey. The the amphitheater for Philly is in Camden, New Jersey. You know, it did, right. did well over there too. With the ladies, that place is yeah. dumb. That was wild. <laughs> I was sure. there. I was there in 2000, and um, we like parked the car and we're walking out of the parking garage and walking over towards it, and I stop and ask the guys like. Oh, do we go left or right? He's like, yeah, you know, go this way. He's like, follow this road. He's like, last Don't week. To- yeah, he's like, last week Creed was here. He's like, and someone went the wrong way, and they got their arm cut off by a hatchet. <laughs> you sure they were filming something? <laughs> like a know. movie or something? That's crazy. I know. Hey, next time you t- I saw you were talking to uh, my friend Tim uh, on Facebook. Next time, ask him about me, Dave, in uh, Camden. Okay. Next time you talk to him, you'll you'll get a good story. December 6, 2002. Guns N' Roses was scheduled to perform there on its Chinese Democracy Tour. The opening band, CKY, and Mixmaster Mike performed. But the main act, Guns N' Roses, never appeared, fueling a riot in the arena and causing about thirty to 40000 in damage. No reason was ever given for the non-appearance by Guns N' Roses other than the public announcement that one of the band members was ill. Yeah, he was in New York still watching the Knicks game. I remember this. He played. I saw them at the Garden the night before in Madison Square Garden. 
then it's Philly the next day, and then that was a Saturday, and then Sunday they were going to play the Spectrum. They are going to play the new arena we're talking about. Then they're going to play the old Spectrum. My friend Soup had tickets for that, and that was it. After that, apparently, who knows? You know right. what I mean? Rumor and innuendo, Axel was in his hotel watching uh, the Knicks game and was going to take a private uh, flight over, you know, <laughs> to Philly, but it was like 10.30 at night already. Well, Crazy. WrestleMania 2000 is back to the pond, and then in Anaheim, and then X7 is at the Astrodome. So the first dome in a while, I guess since eight, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, since eight. Well, not yeah. count. Yeah, well, I mean, um, SummerSlam '92 wasn't a dome, but it's, it's also not right, a WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah so talking about count. WrestleMania here. Yeah, but so the Reliant Astrodome or the Astrodome. Now this is one that's definitely gone. Uh, closed in 2008. It's demolished at this point. Uh, it's been replaced, but it was a revolutionary building when it was built. You know, just um, the size and the scope of it, uh, the type of roof they put in, um, you know, a trend-setting uh, building, uh, home of the Houston Astros from 1965 to 1999, uh, the Houston Cougars, the Houston Oilers, of course, played there in the NFL. Uh, the Houston Gamblers of the USFL, um, concerts, the Pope, I mean, you name it. Really a, a famous a famous building um, that unfortunately is no longer is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Houston uh, Astrodome. What else? Uh, Elvis Presley played six performances there in February and March of 1970. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Pink Floyd, Genesis, Madonna, the Rolling Stones. So some of the big, bigger acts there. Let's see sure. what else. YouTube filmed the music video for "Stuck in a Moment You Can't Get Out of" inside the album. Great album. song. Um, I like that album, that era with them. I like the song "Walk On" a lot from that album. Yeah, I remember it. So that's the Astrodome, and that's that's basically the venues. Um, because now we're back to Skydome. So that was fun to do. Uh, we'll do that again. I hope it didn't drag on too long. But I kind of enjoyed talking about the different the different venues for Mania. All right. Quickly, uh, because we're going to to get going here. I want to get to the card. But before we do, this is something I love doing, Dave. This is where Dave shines. Uh, where was Hogan in February, March, whatever time frame you want to give it? What was Hogan doing okay. on the road uh, back in 2002? I thought you were going to talk about my mental telepathy, but never mind. That's a different kind of shining. Um, okay, a lot going on uh, for Holster. He hadn't been in the WWF in nine long years. Crazy to think about that. Uh, January 24th of 2002 on SmackDown, Vince McMahon announces he's bringing in a lethal dose of poison to kill what he created, and that is the NWO. February 4th in Las Vegas, Monday Night Raw. The silhouettes of Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall are shown on the Titantron. February 17th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Bradley Center, no way out. In front of 15,235, the opening segment, NWO, comes down to the ring. Hollywood Hulk Hogan's return after nine years. Opening segment's really cool. Then there's a memorable backstage segment with The Rock and the NWO, where Hogan says, they are my kid's favorite wrestler, et cetera, et cetera. 
then that night in the main event, WWF champion Chris Jericho over Stone Cold Steve Austin when the NWO interfered and spray-painted Austin. The next night on Raw, Chicago, 13,967 at the Rosemont. Hogan has personal business he, tend, he needs to tend to, he tells Hall and Nash. He goes out and confronts the crowd and talks about how the fans turned on him. He didn't want to leave the WWF, but they pushed him out. The Rock confronts him, challenges him to a match at WrestleMania 18. Hogan accepts. The two have a really classic uh, standoff, iconic. And then uh, The Rock um, kind of uh, japs Hogan here. He gives him the rock bottom after they shake hands. And then Hall and Nash attack The Rock. They bring him out to the parking lot, run him over in an ambulance, all, all kind of stuff like that. Pretty, pretty crazy. But uh, I remember loving that at the time. Still loving now. And then for March, uh, guys, I'm just going to say Hulk was at every Raw and SmackDown, of course. But I'm just going to say where he wrestled here now because it would be too long to go over every segment. March 1st, the house show, his first match back, Tampa, Florida at the Sundome, 7,699. That's actually where they're doing the Raw um, Thunderdome thing now tonight. Uh, Hulk Hogan over Rikishi in his first match back. And Hulk actually hurt his ribs here. His ribs are... You can see him holding his ribs the match a few weeks later with the Rock at WrestleMania. He's went in with some uh, severely bruised ribs at the hands of Rikishi. March 11th, Detroit, Monday Night Raw, Joe Louis Arena, 16,571. Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash over The Rock and Austin in a handicap match when Hogan pinned The Rock, and then Hogan stuns Austin after the match. Good times. March 17th, WrestleMania 18, Sky Dome, 68,237. The Rock over Hulk Hogan will... More on that later. The next night, March 18th, Montreal, Molson Center, Monday Night Raw, Hogan comes out to start the show in a huge ovation. Yep. They wouldn't let him talk. Big it went night. on and on and on, six minutes maybe. And they did this again in Montreal in, I think, May, April or May. They do it again. It's even more on a SmackDown. People get them both confused. Even I get them confused a little bit. I want to watch the other one, too. Uh, later that night, Hogan teamed up with The Rock. Ooh, what happened there? Over Hall and Nash via countout. March 25th, Raw State College, Pennsylvania, 15,500. Hall, Nash, and X-Pac over Hulk and The Rock by DQ when Kane interfered. Next night on SmackDown. A couple more, Dave. A couple more. Give us a couple more. Yeah, well, yeah it's only two more. Okay. March 26th, 13,600. Hogan, Rock, and Kane over the NWO. And finally, a house show, the Meadowlands Arena, 13,500. I was there live with a bunch of friends, Triple H and Hulk Hogan as a team. Over the NWO, Hogan arrived just in time because he had a conflicting schedule with something going on in Tampa that day. There you have it. Very good, very good. All right, well, I'm getting excited. Yeah. Uh, so let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about WrestleMania 18. We'll go blow for blow, Hulk versus The Rock. Uh, we'll get some grades. We'll have fun. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Back to 24 inch podcast. Getting ready for WrestleMania 18. It's going to be Hogan versus The Rock. But first, Dave, first, we must read the news.
All right, March 1st is the date. 2002 is the year. And the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan, Operation Anaconda, begins in eastern Afghanistan as U.S. Special Operation Forces infiltrate the Shai Kot Valley in eastern Afghanistan. Yeah, man, we're going to be getting a lot of this with the news uh, coming six months or so after 9-11. This is... Yeah. Sad time. March 2nd, 40-year-old South African boxer Baby Jake Matlala ends his 22-year career with a seventh-round TKO win over Colombia's Juan Herrera to retain his WBU junior flightweight title. Uh, March 3rd, citizens of... Switzerland. Baby Jakes. Never heard of you. Switzerland. They narrowly vote in favor of their country being a member of the United Nations. March 3rd, the 33rd annual NAACP Image Awards. Ali, starring Will Smith, wins Outstanding Motion Picture. I never saw that. I always kind of want him. I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever seen it either. Uh, Not the biggest Will Smith guy, but, uh, you know, I like him enough that I can handle that movie. Maybe I'll go back and watch that. See, doing the news here may be one of my new favorite movies. You won't watch it. (laughs) March 4th. You know me too well. Canada bans human embryo cloning, but permits government funding scientists to use embryos left over from fertility treatment or abortions. This is also the day they began their COVID-19 lockdowns, which are still going on to this day up in Canada. Crazy. Uh, March 5th, this is a big one. American reality TV program, The Osbournes, featuring the family of Ozzy Osbourne, wow. premieres on MTV. What a show that was. Yeah, this this was a big deal when it came out. I mean, obviously, we're rock fans, you know what I mean? So we loved Ozzy already, but this is really when he became the Ozzy that is Ozzy now, like the pop icon and everything that's I mean, he already was, but really, you know, now you know, our parents know who he is and everything like that. And uh, yeah, it was great. I remember kind of getting burnt down of out, burnt out on it. The first season, the first season was like that organic, unbelievable thing. But then after that, when it became a hit, you know, everything was gone. That made yeah, it special. Most reality. I'm not a big reality TV person. I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of them, you know, after a while, you get really tired of them. But that was one of the good ones. Howard Stern, Howard Stern was a huge fan of that show, and he'd have talk about it all the time, have Ozzy on, have the kids on, funny stuff. Yeah, Mar- oh yeah. March 9th, Joe Sackick plays his 1,000th career hockey game for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, made Congratulations. 10th, the 49th ACC Men's Basketball Tournament, uh, number three Duke beats NC State. Okay. Uh, March 12th, the animated film Ice Age. Directed by Chris Wedge, uh, with voices by Dennis Leary, it premieres. I see. That was big. Was that like a Disney deal? Was that a big hit? It was a big hit, but it's not Disney. It's the one that does, you know, like Shrek. It's like the okay. other Pixar company, not Pixar, Pixar, but the other one. You know. Yeah, those are all usually pretty good. I haven't really seen too many of them, but my niece—it's actually her birthday today. Happy birthday, Skylar! But we loved uh, Rat Ratatouille. It's yeah. our favorite movie like that, for sure. I, I try to avoid that crap. I hate that. <laughs> well, that's a good one, though. March 12th. This is Now, this is a TV show. Or this is pop culture here. U.S. crime series The Shield premieres on FX. Great, great cop show. Hmm. I'm, 
really into SVU lately. They got them all on the Peacock, you know, so it's a good thing to fall asleep to at night. But uh, I never watched that show, uh, The Shield. March 18th, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame welcomes the Ramones. All right. I'm not never really a punk rock guy. It always kind of some of the people that are so, so into it. I'm sorry, Ryan Cummings. It's nothing to do with you. It kind of is like they force it on you a little bit. But uh, not not you, Ryan Cummings. But the Ramones, I always love. I love everything about them. Songs are great. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, March 23rd, the Golden Raspberry Awards. Freddie Got Fingered wins. Oh, I never liked Tom Green. That's not for me. This movie, my, my friends got a big kick out how I'm kick out of how I root for the father over Tom Green in it and it just angers me so much. They laugh at me getting pissed off more than the movie. Ugh. I'm sorry, but the skit that he does on MTV when he goes to the houses and beats the pizza delivery and he's got uh, the toppings. Oh, that's funny shit. I'm sorry. I didn't even what the movie when he had a bit part in. I like that movie, Road Trip. That's a great movie. That's uh, about it. March 24th, it's the 74th annual Academy Awards. A Beautiful Mind is Best Picture. Halle Berry wins for Actress, and Denzel Washington uh, wins for Actor. Cool. Uh, March Rick Flair claims to have slept with Halle Berry. Uh, Dave Ooh. Justice was married to her. How about that? March 24th, the PGA Players Championship, TPC at Sawgrass. Uh, that's the uh, the old hole that's on an island there, number 17, Dave. Um, and New Zealander Craig Perks chips in twice on the final three holes for his only win. Two strokes ahead of Stephen Ames. Oh, no. Right. A disaster on March 25th. A true death to our culture. Let me the, think if I know. The reality show The Bachelor, hosted by Chris Harrison, debuts. Chris, oh, Christ. Chris Harrison has now been exiled for not being woke enough. Um, oh, boy. Uh, well, he, had, he actually might be okay in my book then. Mar oh. March 31st to 21st, NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. Connecticut beats Oklahoma 82-70, to 70, and they conclude a perfect season going 39-0. and zero. And la yeah. last but not least, March 31st, Tennis pro Andre Agassi wins his 700th career match in his second straight uh, key Biscayne title with a 6-3-6-3-3-6-6-4 win over Roger Federer at the NASDAQ 100 Open in Florida. Dave, for three bonus points, what tennis legend is Andre Agassi currently married to? Uh, you just named the only two tennis players I think I ever heard of, and I only heard of Roger Federer because an ex-girlfriend of mine, we used to play tennis a lot, said, hey, you ready to go, Federer? I go, what the hell did you just call me? And she told me who he was. So, um, uh, a female tennis player, I, I, I can't even, we'll be here all day. You're gonna have to oh, tell me. the great Steffi Graf. No idea, my man. You never heard of Steffi Graf? Never, ever, never. Never have I ever. Have you heard of Martina Narvatilova? No, sir. Have you heard of Serena Williams? Yes. All right. Well, that's like the three greatest women's tennis players ever right there. Okay. Well, I had one at least. One of the three. That is pathetic. <laughs> All right. That is the news. I think tennis is kind of pathetic, brother. Oh, I love watching women play tennis. There's something sexy about it. All right. Let's get yeah, into right. it. Uh, WrestleMania 18. It was on uh, March 17th, 2002. In Toronto, Ontario, the Sky Dome, the attendance was 
68,237. Uh, the buy rate, 860,000,000, 860,000. Uh, the taglines, Icon versus Icon, the absolute best ever, and the one and only. Uh, let's see, preceded by No Way Out, followed by a Backlash. And the show opens uh, with uh, a dark match. I, th- I assume. Let's see. What is the H? The H has got to mean dark match, right? Yep. A dark match. Uh, Rikishi, Scotty Tuhati, and Albert defeated Mr. Perfect, Lance Storm, and Test. And it's just a crying shame that Mr. Perfect was not yeah. a part of this in some way. That, ru- you know? that run kills me there. He came back strong yeah. at the Royal, Royal Rumble. And then they jobbed them out. Basically, job jobbed them out. I mean, what the, what the hell's the point? Absolute shame. Uh, yeah. How great would he it have the, been if Mister Perfect could have been on this Mania card? I don't see why not. I yeah. Mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's a lot of holes he could have been uh, fit into when we start going over this card for sure. This is around the time. Uh, well, a couple months later is the plane ride from hell, right. were, which ultimately got him fired. Well, we start off with a singles match for the Intercontinental Championship. And in 619, Rob Van Dam uh, defeats William Regal uh, to win the championship. Uh, Meltzer, your your boy, your boy Meltzer gave it two stars. I gave it 1.75 stars. Uh, It was short, which... You know, I just didn't think they gave him any time to work. I like Rob Van Dam. I kind of like William Regal, actually. Um, there just wasn't much here. Six minutes on and off and kind of nothing to it. Crowd wasn't into it. it was still too light out. You know, it just didn't feel like mania yet. And kind of off to a slow start. What say you? Yeah, I, I was at Lord Steven Regal in WCW in around 94, 95. He was like my favorite heel. I, I loved him. And something in WWE, I don't know. The gimmick was basically the same, but it never did much for me in WWE. WBF, but uh, you know Van Dam. You know I could take him or leave him. He's okay. Uh, you would think you know Van Dam. I'd be a hot guy to have an opening, open up WrestleMania. I think maybe contract of st- contrast of styles here kind of messed that up. Uh, yeah, so it's one star. It didn't feel like that hot opening WrestleMania match to me. Yeah, this is no um, Can Am Connection versus no. You know Bob Orton and Morocco here. All right, uh, number t- number two match, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, the champion, defeats Christian in a singles match for the European Championship. Six minutes and eight seconds, so similar length. Again, they're not really giving these guys much time uh, to put a match on. Uh, Dave Meltzer, just for comparison, gave it 1.75, and I gave it two stars. I think my logic just being it felt slightly better than the match before, which I had given 1.75 stars to. Yeah, man, they they readjusted DDP's character. He came in real flat as the stalker of the Undertaker's wife, Sarah, and then he left for a while, and then came back with this uh, positively page gimmick. You know, real positive, with yeah, smiling better. with the big teeth. Yeah, yeah, a little better. And uh, Edge's character at this time it was a creepy little bastard. Was that what it was? Edge's entrance music was badass, and uh, I remember liking both these guys at the time. It's kind of forgettable, though. When I look back and watch. But we're like, talking wow, Christian, Christian here, not Edge. Christian, Christian. Yeah. I'm sorry, Christian. Yeah. That's what I meant, but I was saying the wrong name. But uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, DDP. It's the same building where he drove the honky tonk man and Valentine as rhythm and blues in the pink Cadillac to sing honka honka honky love. WrestleMania yep. six. Yep. I was, and yep. 
you were there, and then his next main appearance is this one. That's pretty crazy. So I'll give this uh, two and a half stars just because of the guys I like that are involved. Oh, next one. Oof. Uh, Maven, the champion, uh, versus Goldust ended when Spike Dudley pinned Maven. Uh, the hardcore match for the hardcore championship, and it sets the course for this title to be switched a few times over the course of the night on skits and whatnot. Uh, Meltzer gave it a negative 0.5 stars. I'm not doing all that. I'll give it a half a star. Uh, why, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm not giving anything a negative. It's idiotic, uh, and it's not quite a dud. It's a little bit better than that, I guess. It's only three minutes and 17 seconds, so it was hard for me to yeah. call it a dud. You know what I mean? Uh, they barely got in the ring, and then they got their asses out. It feels really rushed here at the beginning for whatever reason, the first you know, three matches, and then they kind of give the next few a little bit of time, but I don't know. Yeah, I hated all that tough enough shit where yeah. Maven came from. It's a lot of people that didn't watch wrestling, watched MTV, you know what I mean? You're, there's, I don't know. It was, it was just never, I don't want to sound like a mark, but, you know, exposing the business and shit, that was that just then it just didn't feel right, and having this guy come in, like, he was a dork. You know, yeah, this, this was a, a whole lot of nothing. Uh, I like how, I think it was it must have been the Royal Rumble before this when The Undertaker just beat the shit out of that Raven, uh, Maven all over the building. And, uh, yeah, half a star, brother. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, a singles match. First one, not for a title or anything. Straight up singles match. And in 10-45, Kurt Angle defeats Kane. Um, man. Uh, 2.25 stars from Meltzer, and I gave it two stars. I wanted to like it more than I did because I like Kane and I like Kurt Angle, uh, and I thought I remembered liking this a little bit more than I did. Just didn't didn't quite fire to that next level where you wanted to give it a 2.5 or a three, but it was pretty decent. It's definitely the best match of the night so far. Yeah, it's another Styles clash. You know what I mean? Um, yep, that's what it was. No pun, yeah. no pun intended. If you throw Angle in there with a Shawn Michaels or a Jericho on a WrestleMania, you're going to get the you know the four or five star match. And you throw Kane in there with the Undertaker or you know maybe even a Hulk Hogan, you know you're going to get a you know a better a better opponent for him. So uh, yeah, um, I don't even remember don't remember much about it from back then. Uh, two stars. All right, the next one, kind of a big one. The streak is well into its life here. Uh, last time it was 2-0, uh, and o, the last show we covered. Uh, but The Undertaker defeats Ric Flair in a no-DQ match. They gave him 18 minutes and 47 seconds. I thought it was pretty good. Um, definitely my second favorite match of the night. Um, I never thought for a second Undertaker was going to was like, going to lose the match maybe that's a little bit of a problem um maybe it's not but as the streak went on that that was kind of the problem with his matches um is i never believed he wasn't going to win it so he didn't quite fall for the false finishes as much or whatever it's like well they're not ending the streak tonight and i had that attitude right up till the moment they ended it so they finally got me i guess uh but yeah i I didn't realize they were i forgot they were doing recognizing the streak back this far do you remember the first WrestleMania where they recognized it? Because I don't. No, I could look that up. but It's had to be right before this. Yeah, Meltzer gave it three stars, and, and I'll give it three and a half. I, I liked it. I like these guys uh, maybe being a little bit generous on the rating, but they worked hard. Flair's still very good here. Um, it, it makes you just think a little bit about what could have been in general. Like When the matches hit, 
the WCW versus W when it's good, you think like, man, there's so much more there that they just blew, you know? Yeah, I, I loved it. I love that it's that big WrestleMania, holy shit, big pop spot where Arn comes out, Arn Anderson comes out of nowhere and Spinebusters, The Undertaker. It almost looked like Flair was going to win there. I remember the people I was watching with. That's a big pop right there. Uh, great match. Flair moaning and crying throughout. Oh, oh, oh. It's hilarious. And I thought it was a really good match. You know, Flair put a great account on himself, a lot of blood. And uh, yes, that's that's the kind of match I like. I'm, I'm giving it four stars. Uh, WrestleMania 18 was when they started acknowledging the streak. There you have it. There you go. Uh, strong rating there. Can't argue with you. I, I maybe. Should. I love that match. If you yeah. asked me this last week, I would say, yeah, it's pretty good. Maybe two and a half, three stars. I liked it. I liked this match a lot. All right. One I didn't quite like as much was Edge defeating Booker T uh, at 6.32. Didn't really have much heat, much going on at all. Forgettable. Uh, Meltzer gave it 1.25. That, that works for me. I can give it. I can agree with Meltzer on one. I'll give it 1.25 as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Booker T from from day one. Harlem Heat started. Uh, I like Edge too, but if somebody asked me the day before I rewatched WrestleMania 18 if these guys had a WrestleMania match, I would have said no. I don't, I don't remember barely anything about it before rewatching it. Very forgettable. Um, just uh, star. Uh, this is maybe the disappointment of the night. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats Scott Hall. With Kevin Nash, nine fifty one. We'll talk later about should Austin have been fighting Hulk. That's a different debate. This seems like it should have been a good option for him. Um, but maybe the build wasn't there. I don't know what it is, but it just didn't have the heat or the life it should have for Austin wrestling a member, a founding member of the NWO at WrestleMania. Like this should have been huge like we should remember this the way we remember hulk versus rock and we just don't you would think that yeah because it just it wasn't good uh Meltzer gave it one star i can't i don't have the heart to give it that low i'll give it 1.75 but it certainly was not a two-star match and you know i didn't remember watching it when i rewatched this and i was surprised and then after i watched i was like oh that's why i forgot it so it's forgettable yeah, I think the whole idea was, you know, in the NWO, you had Hollywood Hogan and you had the Outsiders who were just almost as big of a deal as Hollywood Hogan, if not equal. So when they all came in, you got The Rock and Austin on one side. So WWF probably said, okay, we'll have The Rock fight. You know, we'll have one yeah, of them fight Hogan. It makes sense on paper. And one of them fight The Outsiders, but, yep. but except you can't fight both of them. You know what I mean? So Hall was the better the better match for Austin. Maybe if it was Nash, it would have seemed like a bigger deal. I don't know. I don't think so. I I prefer both. I like both guys equally, but um, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was lacking a lot. I think Stone Cold uh, his attitude may have maybe have some might have something to do with it. He had a very poor attitude at the time, apparently. Uh, that big stunner though is in that match where uh, Hall really bounces up in the air. You see a lot of that replayed over the years. Uh, yeah, the heat is missing. You know, it's it's almost like let's get to Hogan and Rock, man. Like you know, this is but the Outsiders were such a big deal. Austin such a big deal. I don't know what happened, uh, but I'll still give it two stars. <clears throat> All right, one more um, before the big one. Go out there, kids, and we'll give you thirteen fifty for a four corners elimination match for the WWF Tag Team Championship. 
And Billy and Chuck defeated the APA, the Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys. Stacy Keebler was also out there. A lot of star power here. Sure. Um, and Meltzer gave it 2.25. I liked it. Um, this would probably be my third favorite match of the night. I'll give it two and a half. I thought it was pretty good. I like tag team wrestling. There's just so much talent, I think, and star power in the ring. Um, and I this was one I, I didn't remember, to be honest. If you would have said to me a week ago, what was the tag title match at WrestleMania 18? I would have never came up with this. No. Um, but, man, you know, Farouk and Bradshaw and the Dudleys and Keebler and her beautiful legs and Matt and Jeff and, man, stars everywhere. Not bad. Good amount of time. Didn't last too long. Uh, Bill and Chuck won, which is my least favorite of these teams, but that is what it is. Uh, but fun. I, I like this. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten while I was rewatching this. I thought maybe we we're going to get one of those crazy ladder matches with the tag teams. They're mixed in around these wrestlers. I think it was 17 that had that big one. But uh, yeah, it was good. You know, the nice uh, butt shot of Stacey Kuber. Can't go wrong there. I kind of like the gimmick of uh, Billy and Chuck. It's kind of a little bit of a throwback from something they might have done in the 80s or the 90s a little bit. Uh, you know, just can't wear out your welcome with it. They had that crazy wedding where Bischoff took off the, the mask on SmackDown a little after this. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, two and a half stars. All right, and then The Rock and Hogan. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's just quickly get through the other ones. Poor Jazz and Trish no, Stratus. Skip. Okay. We'll do Hulk and, and Rock last, but yeah, I, you got to feel bad for Jazz and Stratus and Lita who get put in the impossible spot of having to come out after this. And even Triple H and Jericho. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe now's the time to debate it. I don't know why Rock and Hogan didn't go on last, but they should have. Um, and I think that Stephanie McMahon was maybe saying that weekend that they're going to cheer Hulk and we should put that on last. Uh, but they didn't, and it was a mistake because it really hurt the next two matches and just crushed this match. Um, not going to be... Not going to be my favorite thing anyway, but, like, they just had no chance, you know. And, I mean, Trish Stratus is home. You know, she's in. She's a Toronto person, uh, and Canadians love that kind of thing, right? Um, sure. Not, not this. Meltzer went negative one stars. Again, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give it a dud either. It was better than that. I'll give it a half a star. I mean, th- this was the beginning of Trish. You know, Trish was the manager, like the sexy manager for a while. First, when she first came in, this is the beginning of her in ring, like being a good in ring wrestler at this time. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, the positioning really screws that up because it could have been a much bigger moment for her. And uh, Jazz, you know, she uh, I barely remember her, but I, I do now after rewatching it. My apologies, Jazz, are pretty good wrestler in the ring for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll give it. I'll give it a star. What are you going to do? And then the main event, allegedly, is Triple H defeating Chris Jericho with Stephanie McMahon for the undisputed WWF championship. They gave him 1841. And I'm going to be honest, at about 6.05, I shut it off. Um, I'd had enough. It's, it's nothing against it. Like I feel like if I tomorrow just watch that match in a vacuum, might be great, but I'm just so spent by this point. You know, my emotions are gone after Hulk and Rock. I've watched this whole show. I didn't enjoy it as much as a lot of what I've been watching for this podcast. And something came up, and that was it. I was out of time. So I won't grade it because I didn't get to finish it. What I seen was fine, um, but that was like six days ago, and I never went back to it. And I think that says something. 
you know, I shut it off and I haven't gotten back to it. But again, I, I'm not shitting on it because it's not that. I think, again, makes no sense for it to be where it was. And I just ran out of time to watch and I haven't been back to it. Um, you know, that's a bad job by me, maybe. But it just goes to show that the there's the Pearl Jam album, um, Avocado. The last two songs are Come Back and then Inside Job. And Inside Job is like the first song that Mike McCready wrote, the words and the lyrics. And when you just put on Inside Job, it's great. But if you try to listen to that album from Life Wasted all the way to Inside Job, after the amazing emotional comeback, you're kind of done with the record. Sure. There's you know, a lot of albums like that. Yeah. The flow. And it just, that's, that's what happened here. Inside Job should not have filed comeback. And... Jericho and the Rock should not, Jericho and Triple H should not have followed the Rock and Hogan. Yeah, a lot of things were so rushed about this WrestleMania. I mean, the NWO comes back February, boom, boom, boom. WrestleMania is the earliest WrestleMania it was at the time, March seventeenth. It was just you know a couple of weeks of of hype. They didn't even get a chance to see how over Hogan was going to be. I think that's why it was like scrambling that weekend when I said, "Shit, people, the people love this guy. What are we? You know, we what are we going to do here?" And the wrong decision was made. To have uh, Triple H and uh, Jericho go on last, and uh, watching this match back, I mean, it wasn't bad, and it was kind of like my eyes are seeing it sort of for the first time because watching WrestleMania 18 live, you know, I'm with a bunch of rowdy people on St. Patrick's Day, and after Hogan and The Rock, all we were talking about is Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? No one's paying any Absolutely. mind to uh, either one of these two matches, and you know that's too bad. Jericho is probably my favorite wrestler. That's not from the that didn't work in the 80s. You know, right up there. So, um, yeah, so watching it like that, not thinking about Hogan and The Rock, I, I think it's a, almost a three-star match. It definitely wasn't a bad match. The heat and the angle around it was about another a dog napping that had nothing to do with the Islanders, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, was, yeah, so that's, that, that kind of angle shouldn't go with a WrestleMania title match, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it happens, and... Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a good match, but don't watch it. You know, if you're going to watch it, just go on Peacock and watch this match. Don't yep. watch the build up, and certainly don't watch Hulk Hogan versus The Rock first. Meltzer gave it three stars. Put that in your back pocket. Yeah, we're me and Mel, me and Meltzer are getting along tonight. Huh? What's going on? That will end quickly. All right. Yeah, yeah, big time. It's time for the big one. It's Hulk versus The Rock, and Hogan comes out first to the NWO music, and immediately you can tell it's different. Uh, the crowd is nuts for Hulk. Uh, you can feel it right away. The energy, there's just something different. And you, The Rock comes out next, his song hits, and I remember in the moment thinking, wow. Wow, the crowd, it might be for Hulk here. I remember it right at this moment, turning to my friend and mentioning that to him in his living room. It just felt different. Uh, there's a long stare down and the crowd is chanting Hogan 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 they finally lock up and it feels like a hockey game it feels like the Maple Leafs are playing the Canadians in the Maple Leaf Gardens uh it's got that kind of atmosphere and feel to it uh Rocky sucks chance start and Hulk poses to a huge pop and there JR and the King have to discuss what they call quote-unquote a mixed reaction uh, and they say it was expected, which feels produced to me. Um, yeah, that, not in the build. It wasn't. Yeah, that feels like it's produced. They're saying, hey, get on there and say we expected this. They didn't expect it. Uh, 
Hogan has taken advantage of his heel status in the match, and the crowd loves it. Uh, and he's doing a real good job playing the role of the heel, being dirty every now and again. He hits a suplex and gets his first two count of the night. And JR says it has a nostalgic feel. Uh, I'll agree with him on that. Uh, the Rock oh, yeah. is taking a ton of shit, and he's selling it well. And Hogan bites him out of nowhere. Uh, back to what I said about him playing the role of the heel really well, being dirty. Uh, the Rock's had enough, and he starts chopping Hulk. Some really solid solid chops that echo through the Sky Dome. Uh, Hogan and Rock uh, go to the outside, and Hulk uh, slams the Rock into the steps. Uh, back in the ring, uh, the ref takes a bump, and the Rock puts Hulk in the sharpshooter. Uh, Hogan taps, but the ref is out, uh, and we get a Rocky sucks chant again. Uh, Hulk turns the tide with a low blow and then hits Rock with a rock bottom, and the ref crawls all the way over for two, and the ref or the crowd wanted this one bad. They wanted it bad, but a really good false finish there. Hogan takes off his belt now, and he's whipping the Rock. Uh, rock gets up, hits the DDT, and then takes over the belt, and now he's whipping Hulk, uh, and JR makes excuses for him. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, Rockets a rock bottom and Hulk blows out of the rock bottom. Hulk's up and the crowd is going nuts. Uh, Hulk hits the leg drop and Rock kicks out at two and seven eighths. Really great. I thought he had him. Uh, Hogan then misses the second leg drop and Rock hits a rock bottom. Uh, Rock picks him up, gives him another rock bottom and then a people's elbow for the one, two, three. So three rock bottoms and a people's elbow. Uh, Hulk and Rock shake hands. Um, when Hulk comes back into the ring, the music stops, which was Rock's music, which I played after the one, two, three. They shake hands, and I'm waiting. Okay, Real American, let's hear it. Nope, it's the Rock's music. That was, yeah, that was now, a misstep. Now here's another one. The NWO comes down, Hall and Nash, and they stomp Hogan. Music stops again. Rock comes in, makes a save. They're in the ring together. Now, all right, Real American, Hulk must pose. Nope, it's not. It's the Hendrix song. Um, no, it was, it was actually nothing. All right. It just posed to nothing. Okay, yeah. nothing. Uh, an unnecessary correction by my partner there, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it wasn't Hendrix's song. Um, it was nothing. I am going to give it... Oh. Well, here's what Meltzer gave it. Guess what? What do you think Meltzer gave it? I know what he gave it. Oh, three you know. stars. Yeah, he gave it three stars. So to him, somehow, this was the same as the main event, which kind of blows my mind. Um, I'm going to give it a 4.75 because Hulk lost. All right. Fair enough. I was debating between see- 5 and 4.75. I would not argue with it being a 5. Again, we grade these matches a lot differently than the Melchers of the world, even the Scott and Justins of the world. I'm usually yeah. I'm usually a half a star to a star ahead of them when we when I'm on their show. Um, and I am, by the way, I'm grading this relative to all matches, not to Hulk matches. Uh, relative to Hulk matches, it would be a five. But since we're grading all the matches tonight, I will not use that caveat. I'm fine with. I'll give it a four point seven five. All right, I'll go right off the bat before I get into all the stuff about it. It's five for me. Uh, I don't. I remember watching Hogan Andre, you know, when I was six years old. I think there was more, even a little more emotion from the whole room I was in for for this match. It, it was incredible. St. Patrick's Day, 
you know, guys, girls, we all went to my Uncle Tito's house from the bar after drinking all day from noon. I remember the wedding the night before that, a lot going on. And I just, I did not expect it. You know, some people were already reading the dirt sheets by this time and saying, you know, Hogan can't work anymore. You know, it's going to be embarrassing. Blah, blah. And I was starting to, my head was getting there, getting a little nervous, not wanting to see, you know, my childhood hero get embarrassed back on the big stage. Not embarrassed, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, that's kind of, kind of sucked, Dave. You know, you should call it a day. Sure. That kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after, you know, the, the, the entrance and all, you know, remember, we're drinking beer. We're hanging out, you know, 15 people in, in, a, in my uncle's living room. Uh, so I, maybe I didn't notice on the entrance, but that first push down where Hulk pushes him down and does the pose. It's like, whoa, like this is something it's on. And everybody there immediately, people that were saying, you know, they're tired of Hulk or whatever. They all switched to Hulk. Everybody, just like the crowd. It was just, it, it got, it, something came over everybody. It was insane. The telephone started ringing people that weren't there calling the house saying, Dave, are you watching us? Whatever you start saying, sarcastic about it. No, watching what you know. Everybody, it it, it was. I can't, I can't I can't really put it to words. I'm getting like goosebumps just just talking about it right now. And every time I watch it, you know the the, the match is awesome. But they they could have spit at each other and did finger pokes pokes of doom, and and the crowd would have popped. It didn't matter what they did. But that's how if the it crowd was reacted, a great great crowd, great crowd. If the crowds react in the right way, you know anything could be great. And these guys, they just, they knew what they were doing. And the crowd is the MVP, even a step over Hogan here. Uh, that Sky Dome crowd, hey, you're neck of the woods, man. I got to give it to you. They got it. That's the hottest crowd, greatest crowd of all time. And, uh, you know, the match is great, but it's just the, the moments more, the feel more than the match. Like, you're just like, you're stuck in the moment, like the U2 song we just talked about. And, uh unbelievable yeah i mean i the right guy won the rock but i got my friend jeff gogel who was a, a, the brother of my friend chris gogel who's listening to the show who, how you doing chris he said that day you know i'll never well, while we're watching it, if hogan doesn't win i'll never watch him wrestling again i hadn't seen the guy for a couple of years you know i saw him at a wedding or something years later five six years later i might have must have mentioned something about wrestling he goes oh, i don't watch that shit I go, what do you mean? So don't you remember me telling you if Hogan lost that match, I would never watch it again. <laughs> he never watched it again. I like it. So it's yeah. To it. Oh yeah. yeah. And I mean, crazy. We you know, after the you know after the thing, I was so excited. We all went back to the bar afterwards. You know, who knows what happened then? All right, hold and, on, uh, hold on, quickly. I have an important yeah. question. What sure. did what did the immortal Uncle Tito think of the match? Uncle Tito, he did he did this high pitched laugh and whistle. He, he does like a whistle that I couldn't do. So he, he just loved it. But he, he always was a Hulk supporter, you know, by my side, even, you know, even in the dark days. So, yeah, yeah, Uncle Tito. He, well, he would go in the kitchen sometimes. And then when something big would happen, he'd come jogging out to the living room to the rest uh, to join the rest of us. But I'm almost positive this match, he, he, he was in there for the whole the whole deal with us for sure. Okay, keep going. And, um, yeah, it was just – it's just one of those things, man, that you, that you can't make it up. It's just the right place, the right time, the right feel, right crowd. But real American, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I said, they – It's like they didn't they have Hulk the CD smoke, there or something. I was going to say, I don't think they had it handy. Like he didn't yeah. have his red and yellow handy. That's that why I don't went. buy for a second that they expected this. If they expected yeah, like, this, they would have had that shit ready, you know? Yeah, it wasn't ready. It wasn't handy. You can't. It wasn't like now where MP3 or iPhone, boom, boom, boom. No, they, you have to have a CD or something, or the arena has to have it. And it wasn't in the WWE's collection that they were bringing from arena to arena at the time. 
And uh, but then they didn't they didn't give it to him either for they, the next you, you night. Would use Hendrix, yeah, for, for the whole run, not until yeah, Mister America in '03. They used it. Maybe they thought they were saving it for something. Once he got into Hall of Fame in '05, he started using it again. Never stopped. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody in that room, Steve, was saying, "Real American, listen, be everyone, be quiet. Let's see if they put." And he was he was doing the poses. The crowd was going crazy, but no real American. And finally, they play the rocks music again after they hug at the end. But uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? But yeah, like I said, five stars, phenomenal. Do you remember time in my life? Do you remember if? Did you think there was a chance he was getting the three count on the? After the Hulk up and the leg drop and the all that, I was so lost in the match. That's a big yes, even yeah. though in hindsight, like, yeah. oh, no way they're going to let him win. But oh yeah, that's hundred yeah. percent. Everybody like that, yeah. like the guy Jeff said. You know, he he, uh, he said, I'm not watching this if he doesn't win. That, that's I'm done. Like, people were pissed at the end. I, mean, pissed, I, really I had a I had a crazy weekend too, and I ended up in my buddy's apartment, just me and him. My other buddy was at me. I was supposed to go with to Mania. Was at Mania, so it's just like me and him watching it. And I remember we got so lost in the match as well that we bit on everything. You know, we went from just like laying around, half dead, trying to recover from the weekend or whatever, barely watching. You know, to three or so minutes into that match, sitting up, turned a light on. You know, you hulked up. Yeah, we hulked up. It was unbelievable. So I mean. It was a great it was a great match. Um, it was interesting because in my real life, I was basically out at this point. I wasn't all the way out, but you know, I loved WrestleMania 14. I was big in that era in that, you know, I was big. I watched 15. Then I was kind of out then for a bit, but I was in, you know, because they had bought it. I wanted to see the last Nitro. You know, I watched the build here. So I was like watching, but not. Um, and then I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch tomorrow. And I did, of course. And that was its own set of amazing. And then. Sure. But then I faded away again. You know, whatever. I guess it wasn't meant to be for me around this time in wrestling. But, man, what a great, glorious night. So what did you think? Like I said, going into it in, in the build in the back of my head, like, oh, this is going to hold might stink the place up. I what never, did you think? I never ahead. felt that way for whatever reason. No, you know, I also hadn't watched a lot of WCW, so okay, that you know, makes sense. I didn't see like his last five WCW matches to be able to say like, oh, he's doing well or always oh, doing bad. And I thought that the build was pretty good for it. You know, so yeah, I, I never, I never thought he did bad, but just keep keeping up with the rock, the pace. Yeah, no, like I guess I just didn't think of it either way. You know, yeah, I don't remember it being a big thought of mine. Like I remember when I was planning on I was planning on going to this like through Saturday, um, but then the impulses of a 22 year old male uh, took over and I was indisposed for Saturday and all, pretty much all of Sunday. I've um, heard this story before on some podcasts, and then also after I was busy for the next day or so, so I didn't <laughs> make it. But I remember when I was planning on going, really being excited for it you know like and and jr mentions it a few times like hulk's curse of the sky dome and i remember saying like man i hope he gets his win back at the sky dome you know like yeah and i for whatever reason i don't remember being just pre-programmed to assume the rock would win i guess because 
I didn't know where they were going yet with the invasion and stuff. You know, like I thought Austin would win. So I was like, are they really going to just totally job out the NWO tonight? Wouldn't surprise me, to be honest with you. Right. Well, they did, right? Yeah. Well, kind <laughs> of. I mean, Hulk still Hulk was the moral Hulk, victory Hulk there. Hulk saved it. Yeah, because yeah. The, the pinfall didn't end up hurting him just because of how. But, I no. mean, if you go based on the paper and the plans, they pretty yeah, much if he jobbed just got, out. If he got booed like he was supposed to get booed, you know, as the heel, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was that. Well, that's what they do to, to WCW guys coming yeah. in. And I guess I wasn't. Coming back or whatever. I didn't have the have the years of knowledge of that just yet. You know, like. Yeah. But, yeah, fun. I I am excited to get back to our era, though. Oh, sure. You know, I, we'll do some WCW. Like, I want to do a WCW specifically, like, in the next 10 for sure. Um, yeah, maybe even five. Right, but if we're looking at this in terms of 10, because we've done 10 so far, right? Oh, uh, okay, I see. You know, like, if we're looking at it in terms of blocks of 10, I want to do one but no more than two per 10 of this era. It's just... I enjoyed it, but not as much. But this is the best of it, and what I I couldn't stand like the rest of it of the card, and I don't know. I enjoy what I enjoy. I guess I'd much rather watch something from 1985 than 2002. So oh, that go- that goes without saying. I'm, ex- I was already, I'm excited to get back. Yeah, I was already somewhat lapsed. There's different stages of lapse, but from yeah. You know, yeah. since WCW closed, or even a year before that, I started going into my lapsed stages. You know, that's went up and up and up and up and up until here we are sitting here today. So, yeah, I could dig with that. I could dig on that, brother. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Paula Mania will be running wild. Paula Mania. Um, Paula will be, be with us. Uh, we'll read some emails and some... Stuff we got on our social media sites. We'll let you know what we're going to do for episode 11. And we'll wrap this baby up. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Twenty-four inch podcast is back. One more segment today, and you hear her across the table, ladies and gentlemen. Paula Mania, running Ooh. wild. <laughs> What's up, baby? Now hey, Paula. I am weird. <laughs> You're weird. You're just having fun, right? Yeah. Tell everyone what you've been up to. <laughs> I. You don't know what you've been up to. Where did you go for the first time the other day? Where did we take you? Niagara Falls? Niagara Falls. Yeah, and then where did we go for dinner? We went to Hard Rock. Hard Rock Cafe. You like that, right? Cool. Mm-hmm. What did you like about Hard Rock Cafe? I liked that they served this 
part, like the guitar plate. Yeah. <laughs> Food comes out right. of guitar plate. That's beautiful. <laughs> Probably get, you see guitars all over the place. That's why, right? All right, we got some plugs, Paula. Okay. The 24-inch podcast. You can listen to this episode and all episodes on our SoundCloud page. It's soundcloud.com slash sports-casters. You can all find us on Twitter. It's at the number two, the number four, the word inch, and the word podcast. You can also email us at that same address, 24inchpodcast at gmail. Dot com. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters, which you can find exactly where you find this podcast. The Sportscasters uh, feed is hosted on SoundCloud. I said before, soundcloud.com slash sports dash casters. You can find me on Twitter at sports underscore casters. You can find Dave on Twitter at HD Rollins, and you can find Paula on Twitter at Paula Bennett 23. Although I don't think she's ever done a tweet. Just kind of holding that account for you, right? Did you? Oh. oh okay. Uh, also want to mention our friends. First of all, Peter Winson, the Greetings from Allentown podcast, is out every Thursday. Uh, I'm trying to think what he did last week. Do you remember, Dave? WrestleMania 9. Uh, the go- go- yeah, it was. WrestleMania 9, a show that aired the day of WrestleMania 9. Uh, All-American. Yep, All-American from that day. Uh, greetings from Allentown. It's at GF Allentown Pod on Twitter. Uh, Taylor Hall. Is now his problem traded from the Sabres to the Bruins. Uh, he can deal with him. Taylor Hall had two goals for the Sabres in almost 40 games. He plays the Sabres six times still this year. It's very likely he could score, say, three goals in those six games and score more goals against us than he did for us, which would be a true irony of the Sabres season. Uh, but that's Peter's problem now. He, Taylor Hall's with the Bruins. Uh, G- greetings from Allentown. And then there's greetings from Allentown Live uh, with uh, Keithy. Uh, also, the Place to Be Nation podcast, when I mentioned those boys, um, you can find them, Place to Be Nation. Uh, the Place to Be group on Facebook is a good place to hang with wrestling people. Uh, don't forget to check out our group on uh, Facebook. It's the 24-inch podcast group. Uh, we'll definitely link to that. Check that out. Anything else we should plug, Dave? You can think and of the Instagram. Instagram. What's our Instagram, Dave? You, you run that. That's your uh, show. 24, under, 24 underscore inch underscore podcast. Beautiful. All right. Let's get going. We got a lot of emails and texts and questions. I'll start us off. This is from JB. He says, hi, Dave and Steve and Paula. I really enjoyed your rundown of the Sid feud and WrestleMania 8. As a lifelong Hulkamaniac, there are a few things I wish I could change about Hogan's wrestling history and the mythology it created. However, I do wish... The WrestleMania 8 had featured Hogan versus Flair as its main event. You already explored the topic at length, so I won't dwell on it, other than to say that I agree with your opinions from the podcast episode. Now, on to a question that has been volleyed around among Hulkamaniacs for a long time. How would it have been better to have Hogan versus Warrior 2 at WrestleMania 7 as a rematch from 6, rather than what we got, Hogan versus Slaughter, and if WrestleMania 7 had featured Hogan Warrior 2, How might the build that rematch have played out in late 90 and early 91? It's interesting to note that the Royal Rumble 91 featured a very jingoistic Ultimate Warrior clad in red, white, and blue trunks, American flag, jacket, etc. Hogan's character at the time was obviously pro-American, so undoubtedly something would have needed to change in the characterizations. The two were put on course to wrestle each other at Mania 7. As always, I enjoy hearing thoughts from both of you on this. Thanks for all the great content. Best 
JB. Thank you, JB. What do you think, Dave? All right, thanks for the question, JB. Uh, yeah, I remember that being rumored. A lot of people thought, especially if they're going to do an L.A. Coliseum, 100,000 people, WrestleMania 7, naturally it'd be Hogan Warrior 2. Uh, Vince McMahon does not like babyface matches, which is babyface versus babyface, which happened at WrestleMania 6. So I don't think he would have went that direction, even if they did Hogan Warrior again at WrestleMania 7. I think they would have had us turn Warrior heel, because obviously Hogan would have won that one. And they would have had to turn Warrior heel, but at the time, Hasbro and Toys R Us had this big deal. They made uh, Toys R Us and Hasbro Toys made a big deal with the WWF, and they had big sections of the store, WWF headquarters, and everything. I Hulk, Hogan on, yep. Hulk Hogan on one side, and Ultimate Warrior on the other. Hulk Hogan notebook, Ultimate Warrior notebook. Everything that was Hulk Hogan was Ultimate Warrior. So in Vince's mind, turning him heel, I think, was a no-no at the time. So they, you know, they went in a different direction, and they had the whole idea to do the old school foreign heel with Sergeant Slaughter with what was going on in the world at, the, at that time, and they went in that direction. What yeah, do you think, Steve? I'm glad they didn't do it. Um, would it have drawn more? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, I think so. You know, it's certainly we we hadn't had it right. We hadn't had a rematch. You know, in the main event at WrestleMania until Yoko and Brett, right? That's the first rematch. Um, I believe so. Yeah, and that wasn't even like a scheduled rematch, right? You know, just a tournament feel, sort of. Right. At ten, sure. I I don't know. I I like what they did. I think it was unfortunate the way the war played out. You know, I think that hurt it. It got really real. I guess you know what I mean. Um, but I don't know, like you said, they would have had a, I guess, keep the belt on warrior and also turn warrior from the babyface champion to the heel champion. Correct. And, and, and I just don't know. That just sounds really tricky to me. I'm sure where yeah, there's, think- a, there's a will, there's a way, but it would have been tricky. And I think it still would have divided the audience. You know, I don't think you could have had warriors, a true bit, a true heel. I think too many people, like you said, were buying the notebook and the wrestling buddy and things like that. I don't know that everyone just would have just turned on him. I don't know if he was charismatic enough to pull it off. You know, well, he was still too popular to turn. Usually, the guys yeah. usually the guys they turned or kind of ran its course as a babyface or a heel. They were kind of teasing it. I think as uh, Warrior and Hogan won that Survivor Series, uh, that final match they had in Survivor Series '90, the only time they did it. The ultimate match of survival, like those two raising each other's arms at the end, might have been a tease of something to come with Hogan and Warrior uh, down the line, and it never really came to be. So, um, yeah, I just think it wasn't the, uh, the right time to turn Warrior, but Hogan's house shows drew more than Warriors. That's why they put the belt back on Hulkster. All right, Paul, you got one? Or you want me to go to Dave real quick? All right, Dave, you got a text, right? Quick, yeah. Uh, Kevin from Nutley. How you doing, Kevin? Thanks for listening. I remember reading in Hulk Hogan's book that prior to WrestleMania match with him and The Rock, Vince McMahon kicked around the idea of Hulk go out in the red, old school red and yellow. If you were booking the match back then, do you have Hulk go out to Real American while wearing red and yellow, or do you keep him in the black and white? Also, who do you put over Hulk or The Rock? Okay, Kevin, um, I'll go first. Uh, no, I wouldn't have had him come out to Real American because it was kind of like I would have had them play it at the end, like we said before. They, yep. That was a big misstep, yep. not playing it at the end. So there's the answer there. And uh, come out in the red and yellow, no. I mean, if he could 
go under the ring and change his tights after the match into red and yellow. I think it would have worked. But you had to come out had to come out as NWO for the whole switch to go over, you know, during the course of the match. Uh, to go up, you know, back to the face old Hulk Hogan that we all love. And who would you put over Hulk or The Rock? In hindsight, you know, I, I guess The Rock was the right one to go over, but emotionally, I wish it was Hulk Hogan. Steve? I um, would have not dressed him in red and yellow in Toronto, but I would have in Montreal. So yeah. that next night, he comes out to open Raw to Real American and to and in the red and yellow. Um, and I would have played it at the end of the night. So I would have had it ready. And I would have made that transition over the, the night the next night. Um, as for who should have won, man, I almost wish Hulk would have won and then them had a second match. You know, maybe at SummerSlam or, you know, some other time they, fairly quickly after. You know, yeah, they have maybe, one that finally do, but it's not it's lackluster. Right. I would have, you know, it, it's lackluster because Rock already won. You know what I mean? Like, I would have had yeah. one. It, maybe it would have been interesting. You could sell me on the booking idea of Hogan wins in Toronto, surprisingly, and then The Rock gets his win back later, you know, at sure. SummerSlam or whatever. Um, all right, Paula, you got one? You ready for one? Yeah. Okay, what do you got? This time I'm using my notebook. Okay, what do you got in your notebook? Um, Who's emailing us now? The dog? The neighbor? Your grandma? Who is it? It's mommy. Okay, mommy. What does mommy have to say? She said, when they do the, the Tony Foreign podcast, that we need someone to do. We said, that means that the computer and the, the hat pads. Yeah? Yeah. So does she have a question? That's the question. What's the question? We use the hat pads to record. Yeah. We use the iPad to record. That ain't a question, Tammy. Um, kind of nitwit. Email Maybe it's this. Ha- how does it feel to use the new iPad? How does it feel recording? to use it? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. That's what Tim- oh, the new iPad's great. It's a great new setup. That's a very good question, and I will appreciate you later for asking it. All right. Let's go to Facebook. Good job, baby. We'll come back to you, all right? All right. Good job, Pula. All right. Mike uh, Poulin. Mike Poulin. He just says that Rock Hogan segment to set up. Their main 18 match is one of my favorite promos ever. I think he's referring to the, how about one more WrestleMania with The Rock? That one I assume he means. Yep. Very good. Uh, Jay Hinchy says, would you consider WrestleMania 18 maybe to be the most underrated mania? Also, you probably agree looking back, Hogan Rock should have gone on last. Uh, I'll start. I do not think this is an underrated mania. I think it's a one and a half, two match card, two and a half maybe. Uh, I do absolutely think Hogan and Rock should have went on last. It's a huge mistake. It was a huge disservice to the competitors who went on after. You know, the crowd was clearly burnt out um, afterwards, and it wasn't fair. I bet Jericho and Triple H could have done a great match that night, and it would have been a stronger card overall if, let's say, they open, you know, or go second, and they just set the tone for the night, which I think this needed, you know, a tone setter early. Um, but I don't think it's like an underrated mania or anything. Um, what do I consider an underrated mania is maybe a good question. If I don't think it was this one, uh, maybe 14. Um, also, maybe one. Hmm. Um, so, I don't know. What about you, Dave? 
Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it's underrated. It's it's Hogan's Rock show. That's all anybody thinks of. I you know, barely rem- I remembered much rewatching this, some of the stuff that happened, but it's starting to get into that time frame for me where, you know, everything's all mixed up a bit. But, uh, yeah, no, not underrated, brother. But, um, and should have I gone on last that night? Absolutely. But, I mean, I just think it was so rushed. Like I said before, like, boom, the angle's February 17th. February 18th, they accept the challenge. Boom, boom, boom. A couple weeks. Now it's March 17th. It wasn't like back in the day, the big angle will start late January with the Royal Rumble or on that February main event NBC special. Then you have two solid months I mean, to get you into can, WrestleMania. You can argue they started building Hogan and Andre with the machine stuff. Sure. So that's in the summer of 86. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, man. Uh, Fred Nichols. Now Myra, New York. Gotta love the Nichols family. Generational Hulkamaniacs. Good guy. Fathers, sons, and grandkids love the Hulkster in Elmira, New York. should be. WrestleMania 18 is vindication for Hulkamaniacs. We had to listen to people talk about how Austin surpassed Hogan and became the biggest star in history. Well, when Hulk came back and the fans welcomed him and Austin was an afterthought, the standing ovations Hulk was getting after WrestleMania 18 were easily the loudest and longest anyone has ever gotten. Hulk is the legend, so here's to you, Austin. <laughs> Two fingers. I love the passion, but I also love Austin. I don't know that he was ever an afterthought, um, but love the passion for Hulkamania there. Uh, Calvin Crowell, our buddy Cal, one of my best friends in the world. Uh, he says, I know Steve was at six. I'd love to hear atmosphere comparisons, even though he was just a sad, crying little Hulkster at the end of six. That's very true, Cal. I thought about this long and hard. The WrestleMania six crowd was better bell to bell. Um, we, we kept an, like the pop when the demolition wins the title, that's the second match of the night. And that's a huge, huge pop. And the energy sustained right through warrior and Hogan, but we never matched the level that the crowd got to in its peak during the Hulk and rock. So that's how I'd answer that. Any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to compare 1990 WWF to 2002 in any way, besides the name Hulk Hogan. Because he's had all, even though some of the matches of WrestleMania six really meant nothing, the Earthquake and Hercules, you know, Snooka and Rick Rude. But uh, it just it was those golden age guys that were ha- that were household names that everybody that your mom and dad knew that your grandparents knew. And by two thousand two, you know, you, you you knew Triple H, The Rock, Austin, Hogan. You, you, some of these guys, you know, on the card are just like throwaways in some ways. I hate to say that, just forgettable. What so other? It's hard thing? to compare the two. Well, I think I said they did a much better job staging the arena for Mania. You know, at six, it very much felt like they put a ring in the middle of this unbelievably big joint and said, like, you had the carts. You had the carts, though, at least. Yeah, at least they had the carts. Should have had them here, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, Gerald Rosenberg says, do you think Hogan would have received the same reaction if the show took place in the United States instead of Canada? Um, well, yes and no. It depends, right? Toronto was a great market for him. So was Montreal. Um, but I don't think he would have got this reaction like this quite in Vancouver. You know, I don't know that that's like a Hogan stomping grass. So Canada was good for Hulk um, and Montreal, Toronto specifically, maybe Ottawa too. But I think there were cities where absolutely in Madison Square Garden or in New York City, Hulk could have got a pop like this, you know? So it just depends where you mean, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good question. And, yeah, I think Steve answered it the right way. Uh, those old Hogan places, Toronto, Boston, Madison Square Garden, Philly, Washington, D.C., you know, this, the, East, the East Coast where the WWF was from, where they had, uh, uh, they had their, you know, the televised house shows, all that, that era, 
it, not era, but that those locations I think would had maybe an e- equal amount of a pop for sure. Yeah, good question, Gerald. Thank you. Uh, Jarrett says, do you think the match and moments associated with it would have been as big and legendary if it was Hogan versus Austin at 18? Okay, this is the question of the night, right? Should it have been Austin? And if it was Austin, would it have been as legendary? And I'm going to say yes, maybe even more. Um, to me, it should have been Hulk and Austin, just like it should have been Flair and Austin and Hogan. Um, to a lesser degree this time. To a lesser degree, sure. But The Rock was fine. Nothing wrong with The Rock. And they did a five-star match, right? So, But I think it should have been Austin, and I think it would have been the same or better. But I believe in Austin. You know, like I believe in him as a performer and, you know, and I think he is a little bit better. I think he would have been a little bit better than The Rock at responding to the crowd and being the heel. You know, I think it took The Rock a little bit longer than it would have taken Hogan to realize what was going or Austin to realize what it was going on, if you know what I'm saying. But yeah, only only thing that was but it's man, speculation. I, Here's the other thing. Yeah. They say you don't split tens at, at the blackjack table, right? You don't split mm-hmm. kings. You don't break this match up, I guess. You know what I mean? No. You got a 20. Okay, maybe you hit and you get a 21, but you already have a 20. There's not a lot of room to go up, right? Like, I think that maybe Hulk and Austin could have been a 21, but you have a 20 here anyway. Um, And, you know, if you bet 400, you're going to get 400 back. You know, if you hit 21, maybe you get 425 or whatever. Um, But, yeah, so I wouldn't Uh, change it. But I think in an alternate universe, if it just had been Hulk and Austin, I think it could have been as great, maybe better, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I think it would have been great. But the only thing, the character, the babyface character of The Rock is easier for fans to turn on than the babyface character of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So we may not have had quite the – it may have literally really been, when the announcers say a mixed reaction, it might have been a real mixed reaction. So we might not have this big, iconic surge for us Hulkamaniacs. For just wrestling in general, it would have been iconic and great. But for us as big Hulk fans, we might not have had that big sway to one side because the babyface character of Austin might have been a little hard for the fans to start reacting against as it was for a character like The Rock. Interesting point. Interesting point. Now – if it was truly a 50-50, though, that might have been even more awesome. Like that yeah, would, that it might have been, been awesome in its own way. Sure. Right. But I think the bottom line is, is you got you got dealt two kings here at the blackjack table, and you're pushing your bet. So take the money and walk. Right? Yeah, but in an alternate world, say we had to, I think, yeah, starting all over, maybe The Rock's got a hamstring injury or something, isn't available. Like I think it should have been Hogan Rock, or excuse me, Hogan and Austin. I stand by that. I think that they erred by not having them. With that said, there wasn't much to gain in the positive direction. Would have been it would have been really small, you know. I, what I'm trying to say, you know, is they they could have got a hundred, but they got ninety eight instead. You know, your mom's still taking you to Toys R Us for any prize you want if you get bring home a ninety eight on the final, you know. You're still good, my man. Yeah. All right. Anything else from you, Paula? Yeah, one more thing. 
thing. Okay, what do you got? There's not been new one, Gregory, and he pulled to me one. Okay, my nephew Gregory. What does Gregory have to say? The son of Greg. My brother Greg. Greg the Hammer. His Bennett. son, born in May of 2015. And, and he has a daughter named Willow. He does also have a daughter named Willow, who we call Willow the Pillow. Born February of 2020. For Easter, he sent me the cute picture with a bunny and him a Willow. Does Gregory have a question for the 24-inch podcast? Yes, he does. You got anything we can use here, Paula? Yes. All right, what do you got? We got, he said, when we, he said this. Okay. When... We do the 24 Yep. We need to use our microphones. Good call. Yep. He's right so about that. We have to talk for him. And yeah. I liked when we saw the Hulk Hogan video. Yeah. I liked it. So. Paul, let me ask you something. Yes. What did you think of Row Mania? Remember that little kid who went to Hogan's Beak Shop mm-hmm. and started cutting a promo? What did you think of that kid? I think that was awesome. You like that? Awesome. And he said, when you do the 24 and podcast, I will like to see on the next one. Yeah. That we had to do WrestleMania 2. Good segue, honey. We already did two. But I mean, Dave, why don't you tell us what we are going to do next time? Paula says okay. two. Unfortunately, we already did two. I mean nine. You mean nine. Okay, let's see what Dave says. What are we going to do next time, Dave? All right, Paula. Great job, by the way. And uh, next time on the 21st podcast, we're going to be taking a look at the year of 1990, which we haven't been to yet here. And it's going to be Saturday night's main event from April of 1990, a sweet spot for us for sure, as Hulk Hogan works with none other than the late, great Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Love it. Can't wait for that one. Love Mr. Perfect. Love Saturday night's main event. Love Leap and Lanny. Um, Hopefully we get some Leap and Lanny talking. Paula, real quickly. I got to ask you something. What? So, you know how that kid, he came in and he gave that promo at the at the beach house? Mm-hmm. What if we sent you into the beach house? What would you, give? A, cut a promo. What would you say to Hulk if you were walking into his beach house? What would okay. you say to him? What he had to do is that the tiny friends I had, I would have said that. Because You'd just be plugging the show? Yeah. You got to teach Dave that. Dave does not know how to plug the show. You got you hear that, Dave? I hear it. All right, one last thing, Paula. The listeners think you're gonna turn on me. You're gonna crack me in the head with a coconut. No, I'm never gonna do it. That's what they're saying. I know. They're saying you're gonna be like the rockers. You're gonna put me through the barbershop window. I'm never gonna do that to you. Okay. Okay. Famous last words, maybe. Dave, anything else tonight? That's about it, my man. All right. For Paula Bennett. For Dave Rollins, for myself in Buffalo, New York, and Dave in New Jersey, we say to you, please say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and tell your friends about the 24-inch podcast. But, 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 brother. Sweetie. Dave.